0: everybody and welcome to today's podcast it is wednesday march the 30th 2022 and we are right in the uh the middle of the fourth week of lent and so we got two more weeks um this weekend uh next sunday week from sunday will be palm sunday and then two weeks from sunday easter sunday so a couple more weeks of Lent yet to go. Uh, one more week and then Passion Week. So that's always awesome. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, DJ. Good morning, Ken. Etta. great to have you guys on today. We uh, we have uh, our readings for this morning are from found in Jeremiah chapter eighteen, Romans chapter eight, and John chapter six. Yeah. All right, let's do it. You know what we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. But we're going to begin with J- Jeremiah 18. Uh, the theme for this week, remember the fourth week of Lent, this theme for this week is the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew twenty twenty-eight. That's the theme for this entire fourth week of Lent. And man, you could just sit and ponder that alone. Just... Jesus didn't come, he could have, he had every right to just come and have people serve him um, as king of kings and lord of lords, but he didn't, he came as a servant and um, and to serve us in a way that we could not serve ourselves, to do something for us we couldn't do on a mission from the Lord to, to save, that's awesome. So yeah, so n- no truer statement has ever been made than that that uh the son of man came not to be served but to serve. Yeah. All right, let's just jump in. Uh Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 1 through uh 11. You know what we do? We we just kind of let the word speak, you know. No no uh no preconceived uh plan here. Uh just, you know, unscripted, sometimes unfiltered. And yeah. Good morning. Welcome everybody. Or afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, but those of you live on Facebook and Instagram, good morning. All right. This is what the the word of the Lord came to Jer what? Let me start that over. This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. All right. So he's got to go down to the pottery shop. Somebody like, oh got I go to the Pottery Barn. <laughs> who's go- who's going to the Pottery Barn? I'm going. Sign me up. <clears throat> this is the this is the Potter's house, and there, uh, the Lord has a message he wants to give him. Okay, so I went down to the Potter's house and I saw him, the Potter, working at the wheel, but the pot was, the pot he was shaping. From the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Hmm. Wow. So, this is that. So, obviously, uh, we're thinking here that Israel is that clay, right? In the potter's hand, that God is the potter and Israel, the people of God, are the clay and he's working them trying to work them into this beautiful vision of what he has right because the the vision of what the clay will become is in the mind of the potter right not in the clay the clay don't know the clay just is but it's the mind of the potter that forms what he desires what he has in mind for the clay so he has this vision that he has for the people of God and in they're in his hands and he's molding them and Puts a little more pressure on this side, then a little more pressure on that side, then releases a little pressure on this side, and tries to create it into what he wants it to be. But what they say here is that the the clay is marked. It's not. It's not. It's not coming out. So the potter forms it into another pot. Creates it. Creates it into something else. Yeah, that's the principle in our lives too, right? I mean, God is the potter, where the clay, the clay doesn't tell the potter. You know how to do his job <laughs> so um you know sometimes we don't always understand what god's up to in our lives we don't always understand what why the pressure is coming from this direction or that direction what god's trying to form in us or form us into but he does he has a vision and an idea and a, and a, and a goal for our lives and for that matter that works down all the way into the local church, right? I mean, God has a vision for our local church. I know there are a lot of different churches that are represented here on the morning podcast. Um, from everywhere, from Louisiana to Ohio, to Florida, to Virginia, um, places in between, different churches. You know, God has a plan for your church. You've got a vision for our churches. And we don't always know exactly what that's going to look like, but he does. Verse five. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, "Can I not do with you, Israel, as the as this potter does?" declares the Lord. So, so Israel's like, or uh, Jeremiah is watching the potter do his work, and uh, he notices that this particular lump of clay that this potter is working with is not cooperating. So, the potter makes it into something else. And then God speaks to Jeremiah. And says, look, I'll tell you something what you just saw right there. Let me interpret what you just saw. Can I not do with you as this potter does, of the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, you are in my hands, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in the sight in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended for it. So you see, because it's like I'm the potter. So piece of this piece of clay here, you know, I got an intention for it. I want it to turn into this, I want to make it into this little cup. Coffee cup. But something about this clay just ain't cooperating. Don't want to be a coffee cup. I'll make you a plate. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just, I'll make you a coaster. I'm going to make you, I was going to make you this beautiful little cup, this beautiful little cup, little coffee cup, but you don't want to cooperate, so I'm going to make you a coaster. (laughs) So you you don't want to be the cup? I'll make you the coaster. oh yeah on the other hand you know say you're uh you know the the a nation is uh and he uses the analogy of nations right like don't i have the prerogative to do with the clay as i will so if any time i announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted I've, i've i'm i'm gonna just squash this clay and start over but that kingdom repents Do I not have the prerogative to then make something beautiful out of it and not inflict disaster? Of course he does. Yeah. Therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. In verse 12 says but they re- will reply it's no use we will continue in our own ways and in our own plans we will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts wow so uh so God's telling Jeremiah what they're going to say already he's like this is what I want you to tell them tell the people of Israel look give them give them tell them what you just saw with the potter and the clay that God is the potter we're the clay and um and maybe your life isn't turning out the way you wanted it to turn out but here's the good news if we repent that's the lesson if we repent, if we turn, God can make something beautiful out of our lives. But if we remain in our own stubborn ways, i.e., here Israel, if Israel remains unrepentant in its own stubborn ways, um, then there are there is a discipline coming in the form of a disaster, is what uh, verse eleven says. So I mean that's a great great lesson for us, right? I mean, sometimes we don't always understand what what adversity and trials are are doing and how they're forming and shaping us. But sometimes those are put in the hands of God and they're used to form us into what He wants us to become. And if our and and conversely, sometimes if our lives are always turning out to be a mess, if things you know and there's then then maybe there's some repentance that needs to take place. I mean lent lent is a is a time to be reminded of the 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 importance of repentance. Uh and what is repentance? Repentance is turning away. It's just turning. It's 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 actually not necessarily a, a a highly emotional term. It just means you make a decision to to turn, like stop doing stop going this direction, start going that direction. That's repentance. You know, sometimes we have in our minds that it's this this deeply emotional um, uh, exercise. It, it 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 usually is because it's emotional when you change your ways, for sure. When you choose to follow Christ and you choose away from, or choose uh, to stop following your own um, purpose and plans for your life, but to surrender to the Lord. There, I mean, that's there's emotion in that for sure. But the but the repentance piece is the decision start going this way start going that way start cooperating with the potter man is there something in your life today you need to start cooperating with the potter you know he's trying to he's trying to form you and shape you but you keep fighting against it keep fighting against it maybe we just need to um allow the the work that god is doing in our lives to happen not to fight against it god make me mold me shape me create in me a new heart creating me uh, new desires, creating me this talent, creating me this ability, creating me usefulness. Make me a useful vessel for you. You know, God got to do some work sometime to make us a useful vessel. Because so there's all some junk all up in there. Got to clean it out. Got to shape it. Got to form it. Takes a master potter to work with us because we complicate it. We complicate <laughs> we, we it. We, 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 you know, we some... We some uh, we don't. We just some complicated clay. You know what I mean? We got some complicated clay. (laughs) We some marred clay. How many you know? How many you guys are marred clay? Right here, right here. I'm marred clay. It takes the master to make something good out of this old vessel. Vessel, right? Okay, this this ain't no amateur work right here. You got you got to know what you're doing. (laughs) Thanks be to God that He knows what He's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing in your life. You think, I don't know what I'm doing. You don't need to know. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to Romans. Romans chapter 8. I love this chapter. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. because the because uh because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set you has set us free from the law of sin and death Man, there's so much in there right man look m- thing you might need to know right now is that if you're in Christ there's no condemnation the the one of the great benefits of being in Christ of being saved of being a child of God is that God does not look at us with condemnation. He looks upon us with love. He looks upon us and sees the righteousness of Jesus. And, you know, the, the enemy will tell you that all the time. he try to make you think as a child of God, even as a child of God, and especially as a child of God, the enemy will <clears throat> try to convince you that God looks at you with anger and condemnation. He doesn't. Man, aren't you glad? He looks at you with love. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Yeah, you've been set free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did, some, did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So we couldn't keep the righteous requirements of the law. You and I, we could not do an, do the, all keep all the religious requirements of the law. But what we were incapable of doing, God did by sending His own Son. God sent Jesus in the in the likeness of sinful man. Jesus was without sin, but He came as a human being like us. So God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh for what to be a sin offering. And that's what Lent is about, bro. That's what this is that's what this is about. That's that's what all this season is reminds us of is that Jesus came to be a sin offering. He didn't teach us, I mean, he taught us a lot of awesome things. He taught us to be nice. But the message of Jesus isn't just about like you just you go and be a nice person. You go and be nice to everybody. You bite you be good. That ain't it, you know. Like a parent, your parent used to tell you before you, "Now you be good." That ain't what Jesus came for. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't come out and look out on the front porch and yell at you in the driveway. Hey, now you be good. No, 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 no. Jesus came to this earth to be a sacrifice for your sin and for mine. In the likeness of a sinful man, God sent his son to be a sin offering for you. Yeah. You know why? You know why? Because it was futile. For God to stand on the porch and say, hey, y'all be good. Why? Because we all got a sinful nature and we can't be good. But Jesus can. Jesus can be good and he can impute that righteousness to us and change the heart we have into a heart of righteousness that can do what we previously could not do, which is the goodness and the greatness of God. Yeah. And so... He condemned sin in the flesh. Watch, watch. you see that parallel right there? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but you know what Jesus did? He came to condemn sin in the flesh. <clears throat> yeah. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who did not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Oh man, you see what happened right there? Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. So what? The righteous requirement of the law could be met in us. What? We didn't really do it, but Jesus did it, and He did it for us so that when God looks on us, we can say, I believe that Jesus paid my price. I believe that Jesus is. The one who kept all the righteous requirements of the law, I believe he's the appropriate atoning sacrifice for my sin. And God doesn't see our sin or our righteousness, sees the righteousness of Jesus. That's awesome. Verse nine or verse five. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Come on, y'all look as we go out today let's set our minds on the things that the spirit desires godliness peace graciousness goodness holiness justice love not on what the flesh desires but what the spirit desires because that's who we are verse six the mind governed by the flesh is death that's pretty clear right there man i don't know i don't know about you but that's pretty clear i mean i don't even think you need to, you don't need much interpretation on that the mind governed by the flesh. What's the flesh? The flesh is synonymous for sin, sinful nature. The mind that is governed by the sinful nature, Sarks is the Greek word, flesh. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. It's like that, it's like that clay that doesn't want to corporate. <laughs> it's like the clay in the potter's hand. It doesn't want to corporate. The sinful, the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. No, watch this. Nor can look, if you got your Bible, you want to under you want to circle that word. Nor can it do so. You and I cannot obey God in the flesh. Let that sit down, man. So let that sit in your spirit for a second, because you cannot serve God in the flesh. You can't do it. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. It's incapable. We need the spirit of God dwelling in us we need our minds governed by the Spirit to do the things of God to please God. Verse eight: Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You can't please God out of the flesh. You, however, look. This is a you talking, talking to us now. Look, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. Why? You have been purchased by Christ you are there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus you have received Jesus you have placed your faith in him therefore you are not in the realm of the flesh you are in the realm of the spirit if indeed the spirit of God lives in you there's another I man you got to underline that you get your little pen and you underline, if the spirit of God lives in you if the spirit of God lives in you if you're saved and you receive the Lord Jesus Christ then the spirit of God lives in you and you are not in the realm of the flesh and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Watch this. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death, ooh, this ooh, look out. This is like this is like goose pimple alert right here. This is like this is like, you know, this is this is where you get the face you get the you get the you get chills right here. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death, this flesh is still going to die. Your body is subject to death because of sin. The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Mm. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and He is, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Mm. Mm. Listen to that, child of God. Friends, the spirit of God lives in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And even though this physical body is going to wear out and wear down and wear, wear away, wash away, The Spirit of God that is in us is going to live forever. Why? Because it is the Spirit of Christ, and anything that is in Christ must be raised. Mm. Mm. Anything. Why? Because Christ was raised, and this power of Jesus, it's resurrection power. Anything in Jesus is going to be raised. It can't do anything else. If you have the Spirit of Christ in you, then you will, too, be raised. Why? Because everything that is of Christ will be raised. Everything in the flesh, dead. Everything of the spirit of Christ will live. It has to. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Man. Yeah. Praise be to God. John chapter 6. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on. You guys are awesome. John chapter 6, verses 27 through 40. Here we go. Um, 627 through 40. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed a seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the work God requires? jesus answered the work of god is this to believe in the one he has sent what is the work of god don't work but believe you can't please god out of the flesh we read that in romans right you can't please god out of the flesh it can't obey god it is powerless to do so so how do you do the work of god you don't do it by works you don't do it by human works you do it by believing in Jesus." What pleases God? Our belief and confidence in Jesus. Verse 30. So they asked him, what sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So can you give us some bread too? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Talking about what? Himself. Jesus, right? Like They're talking about the manna in the wilderness that was provided to the children of Israel that, that provided for physical sustenance. But Jesus is here saying, no, first of all, Moses didn't provide that. God did. But what you really need and what God has ultimately provided is the bread of life that will provide life to your spiritual body forever. And that bread that has come down from heaven, similarly, like the manna came down you know, mysteriously from heaven, Jesus has come down from heaven, the bread of life, to give your body, your spiritual body, as it were, life and have eternal life through it. Yeah. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Now that sounds like they said, that sounds like some good bread right there. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Man, don't you just love it when Jesus just cuts through the through the bowl? Like just, just cuts through the bowl, man. Look, I'm trying to play. I am the bread of life. What else I'm trying to tell you? <laughs> right? It's like, it's just this. Here's the here's the summary, man. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me. We'll never go hungry. Oh, look, are you hungry today? I mean, I know some of you, like, you're just hungry because it's breakfast time or whatever, lunchtime, breakfast time. I'm not talking about that. (laughs) Talking about spiritually. Jesus is the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What is he saying? I will provide those deepest, the deepest desires and needs of your spiritual life. Now, are you gonna have to still go to lunch? You still gonna have to go through Chick-fil-A and get you a Jesus chicken? Yeah, you still gonna have to get some Jesus chicken here and there. You're still gonna have to have lunch and breakfast and dinner. Your physical body still gotta be fed. You're talking about your spirit, man. You're talking about my spirit. You'll never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me. I will never drive away. Man, aren't you glad of that? You come to Jesus, he's never going to drive you away. People, they can drive you away. People, they can quit on you. People, they can bail on you. People, they can run you off. Jesus says, do you come to me? You come to me with a pure heart? You come with me with a, uh, an honest heart? I think all of us are like, man, my heart's never completely pure. You come with an honest, sincere heart? Jesus says, I'll never drive you away. Man, hope you feel that, Man. The love and tenderness of God right there. I'll never turn you away. Never will. Never have, never will. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of, who sent, of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me. He's not going to lose not one. But raise them up at the last day. Resurrection power. Anything in Christ, got to raise. Because that's what that's what Christ does. He raises. So anything in him is going to raise with him. Verse 40, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Praise the Lord. Man, what a great hope, great promise. More than a hope, it's a promise that we will be raised with Him. Man, I hope you feel that that confidence and that acceptance and that security of knowing that if you're in Christ, you will be raised, and that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Man, that's awesome. All right, you guys, you know what we do? We read and we pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends today. pray your blessing upon each and every one of them. May you encourage every heart today with these beautiful words from your word that remind us that everything in Christ must be raised. And that includes us. Lord, thank you that you never turn us away. You never turn us away. You never have. You never will. And we thank you, Lord, because uh, we can't say that about ourselves. We can't say that about many people. But it's true about you. And, uh, Lord, we pray that we would be like that, though, that we would be more like that, like you, that we wouldn't be those who turn other people away, but open our hearts to them as well. Lord, may you bless and encourage each and every person today, whatever they're dealing with, whatever particular issue they have going on. May you minister to them according to your glorious grace in Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being a part of the readings today uh, through this fourth week of Lent. Love you guys. I really mean that. That's not just words. That's really from the heart. You guys are awesome. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow when we jump back in to God's Word. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.